I'm Wayne Turner, and welcome to the daily podcast of Bible Track. I have developed Bible Track to be both a commentary and a daily Bible reading schedule. These podcasts cover the text and commentary, which may be found at www.bibletrack.org. So, for those who have a busy schedule but do have time to listen to the Bible being read, this podcast is for you. At the end of one year, you will have gone completely through the Bible. Today we're reading 2 Kings chapters 20 and 21. This is the new King James Version of the podcast. The King James Version is also available. In chapter 20 of 2 Kings, the first 11 verses, Hezekiah, King Hezekiah of Judah, learns that he doesn't have to die after all. Now, by the way, this is recorded also in Isaiah chapter 38, verses 1 through 21, and that's in the right-hand column. It's not part of today's reading, but you can look at the written notes of BibleTrack.org for comparison. Verse 1, In those days Hezekiah was sick and near death. And Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amoz, went to him and said to him, Thus says the Lord, Set your house in order, for you shall die and not live. Then he turned his face toward the wall and prayed to the Lord, saying, Remember now, O Lord, I pray, how I have walked before you in truth and with a loyal heart, and have done what was good in your sight. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. And it happened, before Isaiah had gone out into the middle court, that the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Return and tell Hezekiah, the leader of my people, thus says the Lord, the God of David your father, I have heard your prayer, I have seen your tears, surely I will heal you. On the third day you shall go up to the house of the Lord, and I will add to your days fifteen years. I will deliver you and this city from the hand of the king of Assyria, and I will defend this city for my own sake and for the sake of my servant David. Then Isaiah said, Take a lump of figs, so they took and laid it on the boil, and he recovered. And Hezekiah said to Isaiah, What is the sign that the Lord will heal me? and that I shall go up to the house of the Lord the third day. Then Isaiah said, This is the sign to you from the Lord that the Lord will do the thing which he has spoken. Shall the shadow go forward ten degrees, or go backward ten degrees? And Hezekiah answered, It is an easy thing for the shadow to go down ten degrees. No, but let the shadow go backward ten degrees. So Isaiah the prophet cried out to the Lord, and he brought the shadow ten degrees backward, by which it had gone down on the sundial of Ahaz. Well, in this passage, these verses, Hezekiah is sick. He's really sick, almost dead. We see in verse 7 that Hezekiah had some sort of a boil. The Hebrew word translated boil there is used 13 times in the Old Testament, 11 times as boil in the King James Version, and botched two times in the King James Version. The skin disease of boils was one of the ten plagues brought by the Lord on Egypt in Exodus chapter 9, verses 9 through 11. The Lord threatens boils if Israel chose not to obey him. That's in Deuteronomy chapter 28. We see these boils associated with leprosy in Leviticus 13. And Job chapter 2, verse 7 tells us that Job was covered with boils inflicted upon him by Satan. Isaiah tells Hezekiah that he's not going to make it. But Hezekiah prays, prays hard. Notice how Hezekiah lays out his credentials before God in verse 3 as the basis for feeling a little shortchanged on life expectancy. He had, in fact, been an exemplary king of Judah. Look at the notes on Second Chronicles 29 and 30. But now he's dying and he's only 39 years old. 
As a result, God gives him 15 more years added to his life and promises him safety from Assyria. Well worth the effort, I'd say. After Isaiah prescribes a lump of figs for the boil, Hezekiah wants a sign that God will keep his promise. How about a miracle with the sun? After a little negotiation with God regarding which way he wanted the sun to abnormally move, backward or forward, Hezekiah decides that he'd like to go and look at his dad's sundial, his dad was Ahaz, and see the sun's shadow move back 10 degrees. That was some specific unit of measurement on the dial in that day. Since we don't have the details of the construction of this sundial, we don't know exactly how it was marked. Therefore, it's impossible to tell exactly how much of the day's sunlight was repeated on this occasion. But here's what we do know. God gave a sign of his promise to Hezekiah on the sundial, and it was definitive to Hezekiah. We see in verses 12 through 21, though, of Second Kings chapter 20, that Hezekiah tells everything he knows to the Babylonians. Verse 12, At the time, Baradoc Baladan, the son of Baladan, king of Babylon, sent letters and a present to Hezekiah, for he heard that Hezekiah had been sick. And Hezekiah was attentive to them and showed them all the house of his treasures, the silver and gold, the spices and precious ointment, and all his armory, all that was found among his treasures. There was nothing in his house or in all his dominion that Hezekiah did not show them. Then Isaiah the prophet went to King Hezekiah and said to him, What did these men say, and from where did they come to you? So Hezekiah said, They came from a far country, from Babylon. And he said, What have they seen in your house? So Hezekiah answered, They have seen all that is in my house. There is nothing among my treasures that I have not shown them. Then Isaiah said to Hezekiah, Hear the word of the Lord. Behold, the days are coming when all that is in your house and what your fathers have accumulated until this day shall be carried to Babylon. Nothing shall be left, says the Lord. And they shall take away some of your sons who will descend from you, whom you will beget. And they shall be eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. So Hezekiah said to Isaiah, The word of the Lord which you have spoken is good. For he said, Will there not be peace and truth at least in my days? Now the rest of the acts of Hezekiah, all his might, and how he made a pool and a tunnel and brought water into the city, are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Judah? So Hezekiah rested with his fathers, then Manasseh his son reigned in his place. And we find the same account in Isaiah chapter 39, which is not part of today's reading, but it is noted in the right-hand column in blue, uh, parallel to the reading that we did today in Second Kings 20. Well, we see here that Hezekiah was a trusting guy. When the Babylonians send envoys with the we're glad you're well gifts, Hezekiah is just as pleased as can be over how well he's known back in Babylon. He shows them his whole operation, all his gold, silver, well, everything of value in Jerusalem. When Isaiah discovers that Hezekiah had shown the chicken farm to the foxes, so to speak, he breaks the news to Hezekiah. You shouldn't have shown them all that. They'll one day come and take all your riches along with your people and your own descendants. Hezekiah isn't phased, though. Says it's a good prophecy. And then Hezekiah says something which is kind of remarkable to me. He says, will there not be peace and truth at least in my days? Well, seems a little short-sighted to me. He was a great king of Judah, though. And verse 20 points out one of his major municipal improvement projects, running water to Jerusalem. 
Now, if you look into the written notes of BibleTrack.org, you can see the uh, the tunnel, actually, that was uncovered. It's Hezekiah's tunnel, pictures of it, and uh, it's one of the things that Hezekiah did. Dug the tunnel, had his men dig the tunnel from two different directions, and they met in the middle, bringing water from the spring into the city of Jerusalem. Then we come to 2 Kings chapter 21 and read about evil Manasseh. Where did his daddy go wrong? This is paralleled, by the way, by 2 Chronicles chapter 33. It's not part of today's reading, but it is noted in blue in the right-hand column of the table that contains the scripture reading. 2 Kings 21.1 Manasseh was 12 years old when he became king, and he reigned 55 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Hephzibah. And he did evil in the sight of the Lord, according to the abominations of the nations whom the Lord had cast out before the children of Israel. For he rebuilt the high places which Hezekiah his father had destroyed. He raised up altars for Baal and made a wooden image, as Ahab king of Israel had done. And he worshipped all the host of heaven and served them. He also built altars in the house of the Lord, of which the Lord had said, In Jerusalem I will put my name. And he built altars for all the host of heaven in the two courts of the house of the Lord. Also he made his sons pass through the fire, practiced soothsaying, used witchcraft, and consulted spiritists and mediums. He did much evil in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger. He even set a carved image of Asherah that he had made in the house of which the Lord had said to David and to Solomon his son, In this house and in Jerusalem, which I have chosen out of all the tribes of Israel, I will put my name forever. And I will not make the feet of Israel wander any more from the land which I gave their fathers, only if they are careful to do according to all that I have commanded them and according to all the law that my servant Moses commanded them. But they paid no attention, and Manasseh seduced them to do more evil than the nations whom the Lord had destroyed before the children of Israel. And the Lord spoke by his servants the prophet, saying, Because Manasseh, king of Judah, has done these abominations, he has acted more wickedly than all the Amorites who were before him, and has also made Judah sin with his idols. Therefore thus says the Lord God of Israel, Behold, I am bringing such calamity upon Jerusalem and Judah, that whoever hears of it, both his ears will tingle. And I will stretch over Jerusalem the measuring line of Samaria and the plummet of the house of Ahab. I will wipe Jerusalem as one wipes a dish, wiping it and turning it upside down. So I will forsake the remnant of my inheritance and deliver them into the hand of their enemies. And they shall become victims of plunder to all their enemies. Because they have done evil in my sight and have provoked me to anger since the day their fathers came out of Egypt even to this day. Moreover, Manasseh shed very much innocent blood till he had filled Jerusalem from one end to another, besides his sin by which he made Judah sin in doing evil in the sight of the Lord. Now the rest of the acts of Manasseh, all that he did and the sin that he committed, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Judah? So Manasseh rested with his fathers and was buried in the gardens of his own house in the garden of Uzzah, then his son Ammon reigned in his place. Well, how could such a righteous king like Hezekiah have such a rotten son? He was really, really rotten. Rebuilt all the pagan altars once again, including altars to Baal and the Phoenician gods too. He even erected these pagan altars right there in the temple, on the temple grounds. But wait, there's more. 
he burned to death his own son on the pagan altars that he erected. Manasseh was into fortune tellers, wizards, and mediums. He started reigning when he was 12 and reigned for 55 years, all bad, all the time. So how bad was he? Well, verse 9 tells us that Manasseh seduced them to do more evil than the nations whom the Lord had destroyed before the children of Israel. (laughs) That's pretty bad. Then come the prophets to prophesy against him. God is going to turn Jerusalem upside down and deliver them into the hands of their enemies, all because Manasseh led Jerusalem into such wickedness. Well, he dies finally. Ezra, in writing to the exile, adds uh, an addendum to the life of Manasseh. Manasseh actually got a second chance in life. Um, He didn't do much with it, failed to make the most out of it. And uh, that's recorded in Second Chronicles chapter 33, verses 10 through 20. You'll notice it in the right-hand column of the, of the scripture that we just read. Or you can look at the notes on Second Chronicles 33, 10 through 20 and get more detail there. It's most interesting that Manasseh's repentance is not reported by the author of Second Kings. Perhaps that's because the evil that Manasseh had done prior to his capture by the Assyrians made it impossible for significant changes to take effect in Judah after his release. If you're looking along with the written notes of BibleTrack.org for today, you'll notice a yellow box there with the summary of King Manasseh over Judah from 695 to 642 B.C. I got good and bad written there, and um, take a look at that if you're more curious about the reign of King Manasseh. And then we have evil King Ammon, like father, like son, in 2 Kings 21, verses 19 to 26. Also uh, recorded in Second Chronicles 33, there's a brief few verses right there, verses 21 to 25. Not part of today's reading, but you can read them in the right-hand column of the written notes uh, of the written scripture for today. Second Kings 21, verse 19, Ammon was 22 years old when he became king, and he reigned two years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Meshulamith, the daughter of Heraz of Jotbah. And he did evil in the sight of the Lord, as his father Manasseh had done. So he walked in all the ways that his father had walked. And he served the idols that his father had served and worshipped them. He forsook the Lord God of his fathers and did not walk in the ways of the Lord. Then the servants of Ammon conspired against him and killed the king in his own house. But the people of the land executed all those who had conspired against King Ammon. Then the people of the land made his son Josiah king in his place. Now the rest of the acts of Ammon, which he did, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Judah? And he was buried in his tomb in the garden of Uzzah. Then Josiah, his son, reigned in his place. Well, he was Manasseh's son, and he only reigned two years, and he was rotten too. His servants killed him. Then the people killed the servants and put his eight-year-old son, Josiah, on the throne as king of Judah. Have you noticed that while Israel's kings came from a half dozen or so more different family lines, dynasties, before the northern kingdom fell, the Judah's kings all came from the same family, from the line of David. That's one principle of prophecy the people of Judah adhered to faithfully. They maintained the line of David. Well, then we have a summary of king number 15 over Judah, Ammon, from 642 to 640 B.C. No good, he's just all bad. This concludes our podcast for today. I'm Wayne Turner, and if you'd like to read along with our commentary online, go to www.bibletrack.org. 
Thank you for listening in today. The background music for these podcasts is an original composition written by the music director of Fayette Bible Church, Paul Walter. 